Just a minute here. Matthew chapter 27. Starting in verse 11, reading through verse 26. This is the word of the Lord. Listen reverently as I read it to you. Actually, I'm going to to read verses 1 and 2 of the same chapter and then skip down to verse 11. Now, when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him up to Pilate, the governor. Now, skip down to verse 11. Now, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor questioned him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? And he did not answer him with regard to even a single charge, so that the governor was quite amazed. Now, at the feast... The governor was accustomed to release for the multitude any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they were holding at that time a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up they being the chief priests and the elders. And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. But the governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourselves. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us. And on our children. Amen.
Pray with me. O oh Lord, we need uh, your help. Lord, we are pondering um, the most important thing that's ever happened in human history. The death of your son and the uh, events that led up to that. Lord, we need to be appropriately sobered by what we read and hear. And Lord, we need to be moved to proper action by what we read and hear. Only you can lead us in such a way that that is the outcome. We ask that you would do this for your glory. And yes, we also ask that if it would please you, you would bless us as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Children, all is up here, kids. Okay, there we go. Um, have you ever changed your mind about something that you said you were going to do? Have you ever done that? All of us have, right? We all change our minds at times. Maybe you, uh, maybe your mother asked you, what do you want for lunch today? And maybe you said something like uh, SpaghettiOs, and then you changed your mind and said, well, Mom, actually I'd prefer, well, I don't know, bacon and eggs. Something like that. That's not a very lunchy thing to eat. But at any rate, maybe you did something like that. Or maybe you, maybe you decided you wanted to go to bed early uh, one night, earlier in the day. And then uh, when you get a little, got a little bit more energy as the day went on, you were like, Mommy, can I stay up later tonight? I really don't want to go to bed at the time I originally said. You changed your mind. Uh, maybe there was some game you thought you wanted to play, but then as the time approached to go outside, you realized, no, actually, I'd rather play this game rather than this game. You change your mind. We all do that, right? We all change our mind about things. Human beings tend to change their mind quite a lot. Most of us do, anyway. And, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing, to change your mind. But it can be very a very bad thing to change your mind, kids, if what you're doing is you're changing your mind from making a right decision to making a very wrong and sinful decision. That happens to Christians. We decide, I think most of you did when we prayed our prayer of confession just a little while ago, and hopefully you children did too, you decided... Lord, I did this bad thing earlier this week, or this day even, and I'm sorry for it, and I don't want to do it again. And you kind of, at that point, should have made a decision, I'm not going to do that again. To the best of my abilities, with God's help, I'm not going to lie anymore, or I'm not going to uh, talk back to my parents, or I'm going to do my chores when I'm told to. And that's a good thing. But if you then turn around and make a decision to not do the good thing that you were going to do, that's evil. And we're all guilty of that. In fact, we'll probably all be guilty of that this week, more than once. The people of Jesus' day that we read of in this passage that we're looking at this morning, children, they changed their mind. 
And their change of heart, mind, heart, one and the same thing essentially, was a very, very bad thing. Because these people, uh, by and large, were present on the day when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the donkey, remember? Everybody was cheering him on. and uh, In fact, uh, over in chapter 21 uh, of Matthew's Gospel, we read, I'll read it to you. Um, and the multitudes, this is on uh, Palm Sunday when he was coming into uh, Jerusalem a few day, about five days earlier from the days we're, from what we're reading about in chapter 27. And it reads this, uh, on Sunday the multitudes going before him and those who followed after were crying out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Children, the crowds, the vast crowds that were there that day were proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, the Davidic king, the, the, the descendant of David who would, who would deliver God's people. Now they thought it was deliver God's people from the Romans, most of them, but actually it was delivering them from their sins and from the punishment that their sins deserved. But most of them in that day, uh, on this occasion, didn't realize that. But they were proclaiming him to be the promised Messiah. And yet, in verse in chapter 27, the text we're looking at today, those very people say, kill him. Kill Jesus. We want Barabbas instead. It's a horrible thing what happened. And children, you and I are guilty of doing similarly to the people that cried for Jesus' crucifixion on this day, as I'll point out a little bit later in the sermon. There's a lot we can learn from this, that you children can learn from this. So listen carefully, okay? There are two uh, main points to this sermon uh, that I've identified. They are as follows. First, we see the innocent king of Israel humbly refusing to defend himself. And secondly, in this passage, we see the fickle people of Israel wickedly calling for the execution of their king. The innocent king of Israel humbly refusing to defend himself and the the fickle people of Israel wickedly calling for the execution of their king. So first... Jesus humbly, his humble refusal to defend himself. We see this in verses uh, 11 through 14. Uh, in terms of the background here, it is just, uh, it is now just after daybreak on Friday morning of the last week of Jesus' life. In fact, this is the day when Jesus is being crucified later in the, later in the day. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, uh, not long from this point in time that we're reading of here. So it is Friday morning, early, uh, and the event uh, it, that is being described in this passage is introduced in verse 2. That's why I read the first two verses uh, for you there. Uh, and that is the first of Jesus' two interrogations before Pontius Pilate and also Herod, we read of him. Uh, he appeared before Herod. Uh, John speaks of that. Uh, Matthew uh, and the other synoptics do not. Uh, but that occurred as well. But anyway... Uh, this is the first of two appearances before Pilate. 
Um, and uh, it picks up what was left off in verse 2 after talking about Judas uh, and his uh, 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 worldly sorrow and killing of himself in verses 3 through 10. It picks up in verse 11 uh, and describes Jesus coming before uh, Pilate, who is the governor that's referred to here. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor questioned him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And we read Jesus' response to Pilate, and Jesus said to him, It is as you say. In other words, I am indeed the king of the Jews, is what Jesus said to Pilate on that occasion. The Jews, of course, uh, were the people who comprised the Israel of the Old Testament. They're not called as Israelites at this point in time. They're called Jews. Jew is a shortened form of the name Judah. Uh, and Judah, of course, was the longest lasting of the two Israelite monarchies uh, in the Old Testament that resulted from the dividing of the kingdom uh, after Solomon's reign. There was the kingdom of Israel in the north, the ten northern tribes comprised that, and that kingdom ceased to exist in 722 when, when they were overrun by the Assyrians. And then the kingdom of Judah, which was the southern kingdom comprised of uh, Judah and Benjamin, um, which ceased to exist as a political entity as of
Lord Jesus, uh, who died for his people and rose again for his people and lived for his people before dying for them, uh, that is, all of you uh, and myself who are trusting in Christ alone and anybody who might come to him, um, he instituted uh, two holy ordinances uh, for the church to observe before he ascended into heaven. Baptism was uh, one of them, and the other was the Lord's Supper, uh, sometimes referred to as uh, communion. Um, and record of the institution of the Lord's Supper is found in a number of places, one of which is Luke 22. I'll read it, uh, starting in verse 19. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, them, of course, the disciples, and he is Jesus, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This meal uh, is to be observed in remembrance of the Lord Jesus and what he did and his, uh, in his time upon the earth culminating in his uh, death on the cross. This meal is a, uh, we believe it to be uh, not merely a symbolic, it is symbolic, it is a sign, it uh, symbolizes something, but it, it's more than just a sign, it is also a seal. That is to say, it is God is saying something, Christ is saying something, God the Son, um, the Messiah uh, enthroned, is saying something to us as we partake of it. He is sealing his promises, his covenant promises to us. That is to say, he is reaffirming them, he is re-guaranteeing them to us um, uh, afresh, if you can put it that way, confirming afresh uh, what he has said in his written word. Uh, through the apostles and the prophets, and he is once again saying, I mean this. It's good. These promises are good. Respecting uh, your spiritual well-being, uh, your eternal destiny, uh, his ongoing forgiveness of you, his uh, willingness to uh, uh, never leave you or forsake you, and other similar gospel promises. are So as you partake, keep those in mind and realize that the Lord is saying that, to you uh, afresh uh, through your partaking in his his meal, the Lord Jesus' meal. Because it is both a sign and a seal of the covenant of grace, that gracious covenant that uh, uh, made, made, was made between the Father and the Son and the Spirit in eternity and was fleshed out in time and space through Jesus' work, it is also a means of grace. Now, it doesn't save anybody. Uh, it doesn't justify anybody doesn't pardon anybody, but for those who are justified, saved, and pardoned, it is a means of sanctifying blessing to such individuals, we believe. Uh, Now, I'm going to put a little caveat in here. Yes, God can use the uh, sacrament to save somebody, in the sense of use the participation in the sacrament or, or watching the sacrament being, uh, being administered as a means of bringing somebody to Christ. That is very true, because this is a, a picture of the gospel. Of, um, so it is the word um, displayed in, in, uh, in, in a physical way, and thus can bring people to Christ. Uh, I'm using, um, when I say it's a means of saving grace, I'm using that in a slightly different way. Um, 
But anyway, the Lord blesses his people through this meal. That's the point. Uh, as we, uh, is clear, is clear from, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, when we partake rightly, that is, looking to Jesus and his promises, trusting in him alone, uh, uh, for our comfort and our strength and so on. This meal is not for everyone. It's only for those who know themselves to be Christians. Um, and you need to be a baptized Christian, uh, and a member, uh, in good standing of some evangelical church. It doesn't have to be this one. Uh, but we need uh, some assurance as elders uh, that uh, you are not going to eat or drink judgment unto yourself. And if you're not a member of this church, we want you to be able to participate, but we need some assurance that you're actually a Christian. And so we look to another church's decision to administer baptism to you and to admit you also to their uh, their Lord's Supper, their uh, uh yeah, their communion um, as our assurance that uh, uh, that you are worthy of coming to the Lord's Supper here in this church. So, <clears throat> you need to be a baptized communion member in good standing. You must not uh, come if you're under discipline. You must not come if you know you're not a Christian or are not sure if you're a Christian. And you must not come if you're cherishing some sin in your heart. You're playing games with God. Uh, you may not be a Christian at all if you're playing games with God like that. If you are holding on to some sin, aren't willing to let go of it, you're in big trouble. And uh, you may be God's archenemy right now and not even know it. You need to use this time to stay away from these elements and to use this time to reflect on the evil that you're committing by refusing to repent of your sin and ask God for the grace to soften your heart, give you a new heart or uh, uh, soften your heart so that you are a contrite and repentant of your sin, um, and you need to use that time for that purpose. However, if you are merely wrestling with sin, which we all have this week, because you're just like me and I have, uh, that is the kind of person that absolutely should come, those who are struggling to obey, who have had some moments of disobedience, many moments of disobedience this week, perhaps, um, which is most of us, but struggling, wanting to be rid of those things in our life that displease and dishonor God, uh, and wishing uh, that we had done things otherwise, uh, and want to do things otherwise in the future. This is absolutely what you need, that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, might bless you and uh, strengthen you in your fight against temptation. Um, so let's now pray together and ask the Lord's blessing upon uh, this meal. Lord, we thank you for uh, the means of grace. Um, we thank you for this means of grace. And we do ask, O oh Lord, that you would use uh, this means of grace to honor yourself as we contemplate you and what you uh, so kindly and mercifully did for us in your life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Uh, we pray that you would uh, honor yourself through our partaking. Uh, help, help us, Lord, to partake by faith and uh, with the right thoughts in mind about you. Uh, and we pray, Lord, that you would indeed uh, bless us uh, as we do so. We pray that you would set aside these elements from their common everyday use unto the holy purposes for which we are now about to use them. We ask it all in Jesus' name.
Amen. Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, as I, as I now ministering in his name, give this bread to you. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Wait until we're all served uh, the bread, and then we'll eat it together, and likewise with the wine. Gentlemen. Bread of Christ, the body of Christ, excuse me, the body of Christ was broken for you. Take and eat. In the same manner, he also took the cup, and having given thanks, as has already been done in his name, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it, all of you. There is grape juice in the middle. If you can't in good conscience partake of the wine, but we would urge you to partake of the wine. Um, Yes.
while the elements are being distributed, I'm going to share something with you that I heard years ago. Uh, one of the reasons, I think, for the propriety of the wine uh, over, over and against the grape juice is because uh, I suspect the, the alcohol in the wine and the burning that it produces in the back of your throat and on your tongue is perhaps designed, and I can't prove this, but as a means of causing us to reflect on the pain that Christ endured for us. And wine does that, grape juice doesn't. I can't prove that biblically, but I think it's probably, I suspect there's something to it. blood of Christ was shed for you. Drink from it, all of you. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you so much for the suffering that you did endure, indescribable, unimaginable suffering. Uh, that you took in our stead for Receive now God's blessing. Now may the God of peace, who brought it from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.